Does it sound familiar? Do you think that they've been planning this for more than a couple days? What's next? Our great civilization has come upon a moment of reckoning. They already took your free speech. They already muzzled you. The wealthy got super wealthy. This is not about freedom or personal choice. Number one bullshit guy. He do the wee woo wee woo. And the average everyday American got used as a pawn in their sick little game. I'm telling you right now, you're a slave. You want to know what the biggest problem is in our country? You're an inconvenience to all of these people. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I am your host, Joe Oltman. We, uh, we've got quite a bit going on today. And uh, Mr. Producer, if you could put me up on my screen in here so I can see what you're doing. Thank you, sir. Um, but we have a special guest today. And um, Ivan Raikland is here, and he is going to talk to us about 2,000 Mules. And, the, you know, we, we call it the big con, little con. I'm glad he actually, we actually put that in the, in the title because that's really what it is. Like, what, what, are, we, what are we really dealing with? What, are we dealing with just mules on the ground? Are we dealing with machines? And how is it that they are able to walk away from all of the evidence that we've been able to uncover in nearly every state and say nothing to see here? Why are they fighting so hard? Why are they doing everything that they're doing? Well, I actually know why. They're, they're doing it because we've allowed them to do it. We've allowed them to just create this hyperbole because they, their ultimate goal is to destroy what the country represents. And, and, and by the way, if, I, if I'm wrong, why is the company, country going down a path right now that is almost unrecoverable? It happened that fast. It, it's almost biblical. But see, it's being manufactured by the radical left. And all the things that they said over time that they were going to try and do, they've done. And before we even opened our eyes, they were taking our kids in elementary school and indoctrinating them towards some really evil means. And now they've built this entire deal that allows for billionaires to pump hundreds of millions of dollars in and pay people to traffic votes. I think that ultimately we have to come down to one thing that is super important for us to remember, and that is it's not a vote. It's not some small deal. This is the voice of the American people, and they've stolen it. And they think they're getting away with it. So with that, with that said, let's bring on Ivan. Ivan, welcome to the show. Okay, Ivan, almost welcome to the show. I know he's here. He's in the, he's in the building. Is he in the building, Mr. Boucher? He is in the building. I can hear you. There What's, we go. Wait. What is going on? We have the same car. <laughs> Check this out. I haven't seen you in a while, Joe. Good. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I disappeared for about five days and just had to get, you know, just kind of regroup. And it was good for me. It was really, really good for me. And uh, yeah. So how have you been? To, to, you know, what have you been up to? Have you been lighting the world on fire? I know you've been out there talking about uh, the stolen elections, but you know, nothing to see here because that's what the radical left says. I've been laying low the last few weeks, kind of just uh, hitting the books, you know, grinding, just uh, to seeing how we can continue to further uh, get the message out there. Because I think at this point, right, we're kind of stuck at this low 60% of the country 
believes that 2020 was, was stolen. And I think we've gone past believe to they know it was stolen, right? And I, it was essentially a plateau over the last few weeks. I would say since mid-late March, when through the vote, Catherine Engelbrecht testified before the Campaign's Election Committee in Wisconsin and Madison before Janelle Branchen, uh, Representative Branchen. I yeah. think since then, you know, there was a there was a lot of momentum there, uh, but I think it was maybe not presented in a way that was palatable uh, for the the masses to consume, and then say, you know what, this is a this is the smoking gun. And I think what was the smoking how, gun? Was how many smoking guns do you have yesterday? to have? Yesterday, how many how many smoking guns? How many smoking I'm guns talking, do we have to have? I mean, I, I just I'm curious. Well, guess what? Each smoking gun that comes out. Coincidentally, some other big smoking gun for the radical left comes out. Isn't it strange that last night, at literally at the conclusion of the premiere of Dinesh D'Souza's movie, 2,000 Mules, what happened? The leak by, let's call his name out. What's the name of the gentleman? Uh, it's probably looking like most likely Justice Sotomayor's, uh, one of her clerks, was the one that leaked the, uh, the, uh, the, the draft opinion that was going to correct Roe v. Wade. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Name? And and I'm sorry? Uh, I'm going to pull up the gentleman's name. Well, let's uh, let's make yeah, sure Emmett it's Jane. A, Emmett Jane. Emmett Jane. Amit, there you go. Amit Jane. So, you know, Amit again. Jane. Yeah, so Chief Justice Roberts surprisingly came out with a fairly, I mean, for him, a pretty aggressive statement that they're going to go, you know, they're going to investigate, find out who, who did what. We'll see what happens. But that's that's besides the point. Let's focus in on 2,000 mules. So 2,000 mules, I think, comes out, you know, yesterday. This comes out to distract that we need to focus on 2,000 mules and make sure that every single state legislator in the entire country, but more importantly, in this, I, I, I'm up to seven states now, Joe, at a minimum. And uh, nine is probably the second tier. So, the regular ones, right? Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Those were the ones that that were discussed in the movie. But we also have New Hampshire and Nebraska. I think a lot of people haven't focused in on those two states, and I think we need to add them to the mix, right? And the reason being is that New Hampshire has a Republican state Senate, state House, a Republican governor, and guess what? That Republican legislature became a Republican legislature in November of 2020, and the governor was reelected a Republican. But yet, at the top of the ticket, there's nothing to see here, right? So I think they need to all see this movie. Uh, we need to make sure that they do see this movie and demand action and ask them, what are you going to do by May 15th? And specifically, I want to focus in on Wisconsin, that they need to call a special Legislative session, Speaker Voss and his counterpart, Senator Kapenga, uh, on the state Senate side. And by May 15th, they need to publicly, and I don't care I, I don't care about these other guys that are in the state legislature. They should not be waiting on those two legislators, uh, whether it's Voss or Kapenga. They need to come out and publicly make a statement saying, I call for a joint legislative session to, at a minimum, reclaim Wisconsin's 10 electors, and more than likely after debate and hearing more evidence and more detailed evidence coming forth, probably from law enforcement at that time, to go ahead and reallocate those electors. 
according to the legal outcome of that vote. They need to do it individually, and they need to do it by May 15th so that if they don't do it by May 15th, guess what, Joe? That way, every single person that lives in Wisconsin that does not want this fraudulent election to remain as it is, they need to primary every single one of them. Because on June 1st, that's the deadline when if you want to file and run as a state rep in Wisconsin, you need to have your two to 400 signatures in place filed with the Board of Elections by June 1st. You have two weeks to do it. That should be ample time. And then on the state Senate side, you, got, you need 400 to 800 uh, signatures to get on the ballot to go ahead and primary those that are not willing to defend the Constitution and then exercise the authority that they have in order to remedy the absolute illegal election that occurred in 2020. So, so we we have all of this. I mean, I mean I'm just going to get back to it. we have all this evidence. I mean, this is this is not just hyperbole. It's not conjecture. Um, it's not rhetoric. It's not propaganda. It's not Russian. It's not Serbian. It's not Ukrainian. It's none of those things. This is, this is absolute fact that has been uncovered in multiple states. And the state you're talking about is Wisconsin, multiple states. And yet our detractors, the people that are stopping this from actually happening are not Democrats. They're Republicans. hundred percent. So here's the deal, Joe. I get it. We have a lot of people to complain about. I, I don't care. I'm not going to complain. Zero complaints here. We are at fault, Joe. I'm at fault. Yeah. You're at fault because we didn't apply the necessary pressure early on in order to get this cleaned up. Now we need to escalate and increase that pressure. I call for the maximum allowable legal First Amendment pressure in person to make sure that these legislatures go ahead and do their duty. At this point, it's a legal duty, a moral obligation, and an ethical requirement for them to go ahead and hold a joint legislative session in a minimum of these five states. I also call for New Hampshire and Nebraska to do the same. Uh, I don't know what else to say, Joe. Ask your questions. I can go deep dive. I mean, let's talk about deep dive. We saw what came out of New Mexico where there was code on the system. It could not be certified. Right in the Dominion system, um, I'm getting uh, I'm glad information. You New Mexico, because uh, you know I mentioned seven states. The next tier of states is specifically New Mexico and also Nevada. So if well, anybody here listening in knows the Secretary of State of Nevada, she needs to take a look. And in the past, she did nothing. Everybody in her circle needs to get this movie and like, you know what, Joe? You know what I'm going to do? I will buy any state legislator a ticket to watch Dinesh D'Souza's movie tomorrow night. Okay. It's only 20 bucks. All I right. put that out there. If anybody needs me to reimburse them to attend the movie, I will personally do it. Okay, so and let's, they let's talk their about family, I will personally do it. And then after they're done watching it, they need to go ahead and come up with a plan. And the plan is... Go ahead and correct the record. There needs, investigations are done. A.G. Burnovich, you can go back to doing your nunchucks and you do what you need to do. You're no longer relevant. If it was important for you, you would have already the week, the first week after, at the maximum, the volumes the week came after out. the yeah, hearing the, that yeah. occurred, it's, I think it was what, in September when the yep. uh, Senate fan had the hearing? If you didn't act in that first week, 
you're irrelevant. We need to apply maximum pressure on Senator Fan. So let's talk about Senator Fan. Rusty Bowers. Her family got a four hundred and seventy million. Was it four hundred seventy million dollar? She got a four hundred seventy million dollar contract with the state of Arizona. I don't know the, the exact number, but there, big there number. was that contract. It's under four. It's over four hundred million. <laughs> I think we can agree with that. Starts with the four. It's it's yeah. similar to the four hundred, and yeah. maybe it's similar to the four hundred CTCL money that uh, good old Zucks and and uh, his girl Chan provided, right? Okay, so so, so so let let let's Dinesh D'Souza's movie. I, I'm yeah, yet to see to it. I've seen I've seen the I've seen the trailer. And if you haven't seen it, you're, uh, unacceptable, Joe. I just got unacceptable. here. Unacceptable. I just, I just, I literally just got back. I took a couple of days off, and I even stepped away from the show for a couple of days just so I could take a deep breath. Right. Okay. I had a, okay. had a friend that said, sure. "Joe, you're going to you're going to Alaska with me to to hunt and fish." And I was like, "I guess I'm going to Alaska to hunt and fish," uh, but I needed it. I needed a break. I needed to get away. And and uh, all right, let me give you the the top line of of as I watched that movie. I should put out the statement on a post in Telegram. Okay, look, I'm watching this movie, okay. and I'm angry. So I, I talked to somebody earlier today, and, and I said, you know what? I had – my eyes were watering watching that. Now, I, I don't usually get emotional, but when I am very angry, when I am absolutely furious, there is water in my eyes to contain my anger from resulting in something that I re- will regret later. And for almost the entire hour and a half, I don't know how long that movie was, I was, I was, honestly, Joe, I was absolutely in fury and rage. I spent over two decades, my brothers and sisters, I observed for over two and a half decades, or excuse me, almost two and a half decades, putting their life on the line to make sure that our country remains for another and maybe more generations the number one country to live in of the 193 countries on this planet in terms of its its moral high ground, ethical, legal high ground. And by watching that movie, absolutely disgusted. Catherine Engelbrecht and Dinesh D'Souza nailed it. If this movie gets out, and is not censored, it's game over. We're going to hit that 75, 80% of the nation not believing. They're going to come out of watching that in absolute disgust and knowing that the current presidency is 100% illegitimate. But it's not just the current presidency. It's illegitimate. It's not just the presidency. It's, it's down ballot. I mean, we're talking about stealing the voice of the American people at the most basic level, installing d- district attorneys into areas so they can allow lawlessness to run rampant on the streets. And by the way, where this is affecting people the most is in Democrat-controlled environments, where they're installing DAs that are letting rapists out on the street with $100 you know, uh, bail money. While they, while they throw the book at January 6th prisoners, political prisoners, this is what they're doing to the streets. They're letting people terrorize people and taking away their fundamental rights, the First Amendment, and now the Second. What's next? I need to do an ad read really quick, Ivan. I need to do an ad read. Yeah, really absolutely. Quick. So, so this show is brought to you by IP Vanish. If you're tired of feeling like someone's always watching you on the Internet, maybe advertisers know a bit too much about you. If you're, connected, if you're concerned about privacy of your identity, Using incognito mode won't always solve the problem either. IP Vanish 
Helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. When you, you can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rate of 4.6 out of 5 on Trusted Pilot. Go to IPVanish.com slash daily. It's important to use the slash daily. IPVanish.com slash daily. And use promo code daily to save 70% as a conservative daily podcast listener. Um, I also want to tell you that um, if you use IPVanish and you have the, the VPN working when you're in and you try to unlock your car or do things like that, it will not work. You have to disconnect it because the car, the phone itself uses both the IMEI and the IP address collectively to validate who you are. So it will not work if you do not use, if you, if you don't turn it off in some instances. I figured I'd, I'd say that because I've learned that the hard way. A lot of my stuff doesn't work when I use it. Yeah. So, 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 so talk to me. Um, hey, before we get serious mode, I, I gotta throw a joke in there. All right. So if you pull up, pull up, pull up the IP vanish thing again. Yep. If you take out the P, you spell my name. Ivan. 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 Ah, Ivanish. Look at Ivanish. that. You did that on purpose. I am didn't so Ivanish. <laughs> we saved that one for when we had you on, Ivan. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, so anyway, we- yeah, let's get back to the last thing you said before that ad. Uh, January 6th. Mm-hmm. Let, let, I want to talk about that. And I want to present some of the things that I wanted to talk about the last show, but it went like two hours and we didn't even touch it. So let me let me finish off with the 2,000 meals. So for those that don't even know, didn't watch the trailer, didn't see the movie, which I understand everyone's busy, here's the bottom line. Everyone has a smartphone pretty much nowadays. And all these mules have a smartphone. And those apps, when they ask you location services, guess what? When your phone is on you, that data is then published. They don't say your name, but that phone is then emitting a signal. GPS, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, cell phone signal. Up to all four of those. Now, guess what? uh, Catherine Engelbrecht and True the Vote purchased that data in bulk. Trillions and trillions of signals. Then they took that, focused in on the five states that are contested, and then focused in on where they had drop boxes and then looked at the data set and said, hmm, what's going on from 1 a.m. to 5 in the morning? Why are people dropping off ballots multiple times? And actually, not people, but why is there a device that is consistently, regularly, on a common basis for weeks, going at similar time frames at night to a particular drop box? So then they did that. They took that analysis and essentially determined uh, on an interval, if you did it 10 or more times, that fell into your mule category, and then they determined uh, where that device was going to and from, and they linked it back to left radical wing organizations that that device went to, and Stacey then Abrams. dropped off the they, they went to Stacey Abrams' actual headquarters. Is that, there you go. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, th- and they she's still walking the street, like, no, no problem. Right, and so, bottom line, you take that, and you're thinking, that's pretty compelling evidence. 
It but is. then the defense will say, well, you can't really tether that to any individual. They're bringing their family members' ballots. Nothing illegal to see here. And then guess what? Guess what they did? They then obtained, through FOIA, the videos of those drop boxes at the exact time that that device was going to the drop box. And lo and behold, you have an entire Dinesh D'Souza movie showing some of the highlights of all those felonies occurring. And then guess what's the next step, Joe? That evidence, I presume, my sources are telling me, they're pretty credible, are going to law enforcement that is actually motivated to prosecute. Okay? Now, I don't know the time frame on it, but nonetheless, that needs to go in short order. Arrests need to be made. Deals need to be cut uh, with these defendants in order to find out who was at the top. The reason why we had the Supreme Court leak, in my estimation, was for this to be slowed down and delayed from getting out to the public. That's why it, 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 it's your role, Joe. I'm begging you. You should focus in on this literally every day to oh, get people to get I, this I, video I, and evidence because it's so easy to consume. I mean, you and I have spent, what, thousands of hours over the course of the last 18 months and plus to, to, to figure out what's going on. America only needs to spend 80 minutes to then say, you know what? Expletive, expletive, expletive. This was absolutely an illegal election. And then they're going to say, what can be done? And our answer to what can be done is the courts essentially don't have a role in this other than prosecuting the those that did the illegal act. The only way to remedy the election, in my opinion, is for these legislatures to go ahead and watch the movie and then go ahead and correct the record. And if they're not willing to do it in this legislative session, every single one of them need to be primary that is not publicly saying that they're going to reclaim the electors at a minimum. We primary them, and at the very latest in January of 2023, we're going to have Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania at a minimum that is going to have a new legislature that is going to go ahead and exercise their Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2 authorities coupled with the 10th Amendment, because the Constitution doesn't set a limit on if and when a state can transmit or reclaim its electors. Okay, so, so then they do it, January 2023, so, with so the new slate, legislative state. Well, well let's, let's say that that's the case. But we already saw what they yep. did in stealing the primaries down in Texas. You know, I mean, if you, if you were asking my, my opinion just based on polls that are out there, whether or not Dan Crenshaw, Dan Crenshaw would be reelected or, or re, reposted through the primary process, you're, the answer to that question would be no. I mean, he's a WFC, WEF, right? A World Economic Forum w member, right? Or attendee. I guess it's attendee, but they, they have this little, what is it called, fraternity that comes out well, of let me. I got to pause you because this is important. A lot of people don't know this. I was, I, I was in the mix. I had a front row seat. So that first week of January, I think some of this stuff might be the first time I'm really publicly saying this. That first, right after December 23rd, when the Pence card memo was not acted upon. Remember December, yeah. late December, uh, mm -hmm. the memo, Pence card memo. I wrote that. We published it. And then Pence did nothing with it. By He didn't sign it and send a memo to the Secretary of State to say, hey, you didn't send a constitutionally viable slate of electors. Go ahead and do your vote. Abstain. Revote. Run an election. Whatever. As soon as that happened, then it moved on to, uh, to the vote on January 6th. 
So I was communicating with as many congressmen that I knew and their networks to include the most senior person within the uh, Republican caucus and articulating the reason to object. That number got to 147 uh, on January 5th and 12 U.S. senators on January 5th that morning. So I think it was on January 3rd or 4th, maybe it was on the 5th, I can't recall right now, but that first week before January 6th of January, Dan Crenshaw, when that momentum was escalating, came out and said, I am not going to object. When he did that, he has the, one of the bigger uh, audiences, right, of any congressman because of his Saturday Night Live skit, right? Right. That, on the House side, really put a, uh, it really slowed things down, I think, on the momentum for more and more of the caucus to go ahead and object. And then obviously, I think a few days before that, McConnell did the same. Now, you start to look at their finances, who donates to them, and it starts to make sense where their loyalties lie, right? I just wanted to throw that out there. And I'm going to pause there because I, I had some personal discussions with somebody that he's close to that, that, that reached out to me, and also a congressman. He said, uh, Dan Crenshaw's not going to object. And I said, you better not follow in that path because you are the final stop in our constitutional system under the Electoral College uh, within the federal system that can object and, and, and rectify the illegal certification unless the states go back and do it on their own. And unfortunately, that gentleman that contacted me, on January 5th, he wrote a tweet, a tweet thread stating that he was going to object to at least two of the states because I think the evidence was more compelling in Pennsylvania and Arizona very, very than compelling. the other ones at the time. At the time, and on the following day, due to the facilitated unlawful entry into the Capitol by the sergeant at arms, that forced folks like Kelly Leffler and others and the, and and and, uh, and others to go ahead and not object. Now, you ready for January sixth? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. I mean, look, look. I, I, I've been, I, I've been. I'm supposed to interview a, a guy's wife who spent you know, 200 days in, in, uh, in prison right now, in, in, in confinement, and you know they, they had to work to get him an attorney who happened to be this young well, guy that just came out of law school. This is down in Florida, so he's charged in Florida and in Washington D.C. and no due process, none. They just throw the just throw it out. Just, just I'm going to punish him with impunity even though we know that he's not guilty. So I, first thing I want to say about January 6th, I, I'm apologizing to everybody that spent a day in prison because I personally have not done enough to expose the truth. That, I, I just got to say that. I got to put that up front. I apologize. Now, for those that, obviously, those people that went ahead and attacked a, police, a law enforcement official, sorry, guys. You did something stupid, you're going to face your consequences. Those people that destroyed property, sorry, you're going to face your consequences to a lesser extent than the previous category. For those that trespassed and knew they trespassed, okay, you're going to get your small little uh, 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 fine or whatever. Everybody else and everybody that's actually in court defending themselves, this is what I recommend that you get to your attorneys. And if you want to talk about in more detail, I'd be happy to do it. Joe, connect me, whatever. Here's what needs to be done. We need more discovery on Nancy. All communications 
from November 3rd till January 7th between Nancy Pelosi, yeah. her Sergeant-at-Arms Paul Irving, the staff of the Sergeant-at-Arms, her son-in-law, Mikhail Voss, John Sullivan, Ray Epps, the Senate Sergeant-at-Arms, Michael Stenger, the U.S. Capitol Police Chief uh, Sund, the D.C. Mayor, Muriel Bowser, and her Metropolitan Police Department Chief. Then you need to go ahead and pull a request to get the records for Lila Morris, the police officer that killed Roseanne Boylan and all of her message traffic after she murdered her to see what communications she had. That will help in your defense. And here's why. I have had people, I've said this several times, I posted it on Telegram. My hypothesis, and a lot of people agree with this, I'm probably preaching the choir here to you. My hypothesis is, and I'll get to the evidence, the Sergeant-at-Arms, a moderate degree of confidence that the Sergeant-at-Arms facilitated the unlawful entry into the Capitol using Ray Epps and his team for the outer breach and John Sullivan and his team for the inner breach with the purpose of stopping the objections to the six slates of electors from being aired for the entire world to see that would have caused what we are now seeing with 2,000 mules. It would have happened January 6th, and then we would have been in a position on whether or not Kevin McCarthy and Mike Pence would have then said, you know what, we're going to use the 12th Amendment objection vote process, meaning one state, one vote, to accept or deny objections rather than a one-person one congressman, one vote, uh, and that would have really caused a possibility for a correction to the election uh, on that date. So here, here's the legal framework, Joe. Article 1 of the Constitution covers the U.S. Congress. Yep. Okay? Article 2 covers the executive branch. So if you're a layman, and I ask you, you got checks and balances. This goes back to eighth grade. Checks and balances. If the FBI, Department of Justice, DHS fall under the executive branch, do they have jurisdiction over prosecuting someone for violating a crime on the U.S. Capitol grounds, which is an Article One institution? Yes. Do they? Why do, do you they say have, that? Do they have? If the, I am do, the sergeant at arms, hold on a second. For the Are U.S. You, Capitol. Yeah. Are you saying do they do they have the authority to have people arrested? Yeah. The sergeant of arms. I mean, I assume that the sergeant of arms, and, and maybe I'm maybe I don't know the the answer to this question, but I assume the sergeant of arms is has the ability to have people arrested. The sergeant at arms does. Yeah. Now the FBI can investigate, DHS can investigate, but can they arrest? I argue based on my reading of Title Three, and the separation of powers, Article 1 versus Article 2, the sergeant-at-arms is the sole arbiter on who gets to be criminally referred to other federal agencies if the misconduct occurred on the Capitol grounds. 
So if you Joe, so, so hold on a second. The FBI doesn't have ultimate authority. I mean, the ultimate the, the FBI would not have ultimate authority to arrest people and have them charged with federal crimes, you know, regardless of where it is. I mean, that would that would stop. If I'm there. the sergeant arms, and I don't do a criminal referral to the FBI, the FBI has no jurisdiction. So okay, so, so that's that's interesting. Help me, if you help me in the coup on January sixth, Joe, and I don't want to. And I want to basically pat you on the back for that. I'm not going to criminally refer you to the FBI. And I'm going to tell them, go ahead and take you off of the most wanted list because I already spoke with you and you don't need to prosecute. Got right? It. Right, Ray Epps? Yeah. You got it? Yeah. Isn't that a brilliant maneuver? So what about what about guys like Stuart Rhodes that that uh, that was arrested? What about guys know, like year, Stuart Rhodes? Uh, that was arrested a year later and the propaganda put out there is he's a dangerous individual and he was trafficking tra uh, trans uh, um, transporting weapons to Virginia and leaving them there so that just in case it so, popped off. But hold, hold that thought on Stuart Rose. I want to close the loop on how okay. many people were on the FBI's most wanted list that were pulled off that you're aware of other than Ray Epps. I thought it was nine. Was it a nine? Nine. How about can if somebody here listening, I know you got your crowd is definitely like there's people that deep dive on this. Okay. I would like to know how many were pulled off. We need to do a deep dive on each one of them to see what their relationship is between Ray Epps and John Sullivan and Nancy Pelosi's son-in-law and also the sergeant at arms. Remember, the joint session occurred within the house. Right. The breach occurred kind of on the on the Senate side and into the rotunda. So then, if this theory is true, the Senate Sergeant at Arms, Michael Stenger, probably also had a plan in essentially saying, "Up, oh, you, you, and you with red hat. Yep, yep, you will be criminally charged. Well, actually, criminally referred to the FBI. But you and you, wait, wait, you are." Did you help us conduct the breach? Okay, you're not going to be criminally referred. That is my hypothesis. And I so far I haven't had I haven't seen anything to refute it. But we need to keep digging to try to refute it. And if we can't, and as we're starting to research and investigate more, i.e. through the law uh, through the uh, uh, what do you call it? The defendants that are looking for discovery to to try and find mitigating circumstances, particularly those that uh, got slapped with trespass and nothing else, and we can show that there was a, an basically an unlawful facilitated entry into the Capitol. It's hard to say unlawful because at the end of the day, uh, unfortunately, the Sergeant-at-Arms has, he's judge, jury, executioner when it comes to determining whether or not to, to do a criminal referral. So if you're on it, and, and here's a key thing about the Sergeant-at-Arms, Paul Irving. He's no longer the Sergeant-at-Arms, but guess what, Mr. Altman? Paul Irving was the sergeant at arms for Nancy Pelosi up until January 7th when he re was resigned or asked to you know leave so that we couldn't really look into him. He was the sergeant at arms for Paul Ryan. Yeah, we Paul walked, Ryan, we walked uh, through this before. This 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 was the rabbit hole that yeah, this is the rabbit hole that if you haven't got a chance to to review it, go back and watch the other tape, um, the other show that we had with Ivan where we walked through kind of how all this is connected to you know, Paul Ryan, all the way down. I mean, going back decades, which yes. is scary. This is really scary. So we have to take a look. Now, uh, um, 
remember we were seeing, I think I mentioned this before, is that we, we saw Paul Irving retire, if you will, and then all of a sudden Nancy Pelosi wants to set up a U.S. Capitol Police office down in Tampa and in uh, San Francisco, right? Is that for yeah. immunity's sake? Because at the end of the day, if if you're creating an office, a U.S. Capitol, an Article One building in a state somewhere, they could claim immunity, right? And say, hey, you can't get me because I'm on the Article One institution of our federal government's property, and thus any local or other uh, entity can't really snatch them. Okay, so if you, if so, you use the concept of like you know immune, diplomatic immunity, etc. So anyway, on January sixth, whatever anybody says on the Capitol grounds, if you're a sitting member of Congress, you're immune. And then if you are not going to be criminally referred by the Sergeant at Arms, you're immune from any crime. John okay. Sullivan, Ray John Epps, Sullivan. Yeah, and and by the way, they they took money away from him and then didn't charge him. And and people haven't said anything about it. Like the media hasn't said anything about it. I mean, nobody's saying anything about it. They, they there's literally a lawlessness that I can't even that you can't even describe. But I have to ask well, you a question. Speaker Nancy Pelosi doesn't he rep? Isn't she in San Francisco? Doesn't some of her constituents aren't some of her constituents? Uh, oh, I don't know. Twitter has a headquarters in San Francisco. Does you see how it all kind of like connects? Yeah, that you see why they're melting with the Elon Musk purchase of Twitter. Because guess what? When Elon Musk purchases Twitter, He's makes it, it private, and then goes and does a forensic audit of all the digital, all of your DMs, all of my DMs, I'm good because I know I I've, I I can talk to my, about myself. You can look at all my DMs, all lawful First Amendment activity based on case law. Now, what about? the general counsel at Twitter having a meltdown. I wonder what she has in her DMs. I wonder what communications she had, Miss, how do you pronounce your name? Vijaya? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Vijaya. Yeah. Anyone else at Twitter headquarters that might, you know what, you might want to lawyer up as soon as uh, Elon Musk goes ahead and completes the acquisition, does a complete carbon copy of it in all of the servers, and then we start to Hey, I'll come on board and do pro bono, Elon. <laughs> and we'll start looking through all of those DMs because guess what? It's private data that you just purchased and we're going to go after them. It's going to so, be beautiful. So, so they said that they purchased Twitter. Do you think that there's a problem with them purging it before the takeover? I don't know when the, the, the handover is supposed to happen, but I think it was supposed to be June 1. Oh, I'm sure there's purging going on right Yeah, I mean, immediately. Real quick before we go on, we have one more sponsor, which is CrowdHealth. Uh, health insurance is no longer something that really takes place between you and your doctor anymore. Uh, some people don't know exactly how far it goes, but the government and big insurance companies actually stand between you and quality care more often than you would think. So your health care is now being sold to the highest bidder, politicians, hospitals, big pharma, health insurance companies. They make huge profits at the expense of your health. And lobbyists are fighting to make sure that they won't have competition and you won't have options. So CrowdHealth is not health insurance, and that's why it works. There's no deductibles, networks, complicated exclusions, or co-pays. You see any doctor you want, pay for the first $500 and submit any bills from there. The CrowdHealth community takes care of the rest. So CrowdHealth is a new way to pay for health care. Uh, again, there's no doctor's networks, no premiums, high deductibles, and there's no surprises. 
So CrowdHealth is putting the community back in community health care. You pay one low monthly total to fund your account, which for most people is less than $200 a month. Uh, 100% of your monthly contribution directly funds and reduces the health care costs of the community. Unlike health insurance, you're not limited by doctor networks. Uh, so you can see anyone you like. Uh, CrowdHealth succeeds by keeping its members happy and not driving up the price. It helps members shop for a great uh, for great care at a fair price, makes payments to doctors and members as quickly as possible, and it negotiates on your behalf uh, when bills do arise. So it reverses the vicious incentives that got the healthcare system into this mess in the first place. So stop paying health insurance companies your hard-earned dollars. Go to joincrowdhealth.com right now and experience freedom from health insurance. Right now you can get your first six months for just $99 a month. 50% off, a lot less than the high deductible healthcare plans. Go to joincrowdhealth.com and use promo code FREEDOM at sign up. That's joincrowdhealth.com. Promo code is FREEDOM. Disclaimer CrowdHealth is not an insurance company. It's not health insurance. It's a totally different way of paying for healthcare. So terms and conditions may apply. I mean, <laughs> so, so I've been. You've been watching what they've been broadcasting on the left. So, so anyway, I want to close the loop. January 6th. If you're a defendant for January 6th, Please, uh, what's his name? Do you talk to Joe McBride, the attorney? I don't have any. I, I don't have his contact info. No, but I will. Connect me. Yeah. Somebody connect me so that I can give him uh, the, the whole laydown, and I have way more evidence than I've I've talked about here that I'd like to present to him uh, that he could potentially use in 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 his defense of some of the folks. So so Ivan, we have two thousand mules. We have what I mean. I'll just kind of walk through it with you. We'll we'll have the beginning, the ASOG report that came out of Michigan, which started all this. Uh, where they did a right. image of the Dominion voting systems um, right. uh, machines and came out saying that these machines were designed to defraud the American people. So that was number one. Move on to the in different investigations they were doing all over the country. Uh, we can go back to the affidavits where we had ballots that were actually shipped in bulk all the way down to uh, from New York to uh, Philadelphia. Um, that we, we still right. haven't gotten to the bottom of that. That trucker was was uh, 86. Oh, I saw... Did you see recently, I think Canico the Great on Telegram posted a video where uh, the backpack's going into the, the Philly? Did you yeah. see that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the, I was, that was me narr narrating that. If you didn't know. Because <laughs> no, I, did I was know. in Philadelphia. And I, I went up there on day two on Thursday. Thursday night. And I started investigating. I wanted to essentially go into... Go in, they wouldn't let us inside. They would not let us inside. And I was literally going in there as a representative, as a uh, as part of lawyers, lawyers for Trump, for the campaign. And, uh, yeah, they wouldn't let us in. They got pushed us back. And then this was the gentleman that came out that was an observer that exited and then was standing on the outside and observing what he saw. And, and I said, Hey, you gotta show me what you got and just talk about it. I, I shouldn't say narrating. I was the one asking the questions and videotaping that footage. And then the gentleman was narrating. Okay, so we have, we have Pennsylvania. I mean, just kind of. So I've been kind of in the mix. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, Pennsylvania, you have Georgia, right, where we had a ballot, you know, the, the shredder truck that was literally, you know, cordoned off, that was handed over by. Um, it's still under seal. The key they, evidence in Georgia is still under seal. But why? I mean, you're talking about the Halderman report? Are you talking about that report? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's separate. All the things that happened in Georgia. Like we, there's a ton of evidence in Georgia that there's they said was nothing to see. And then there's there. covering up of evidence, is what I'm getting at. Right, right. There's already too much evidence, and then there's even more that's being blocked. 
so There's you go from tackling going on so that Kemp can win his reelection and then they can be thrown under the rug so that good old good old Brad can win his reelection and throw it under the rug and still continue to receive uh, uh, your your boys Eric Coomer's funding and for the and, machines. and and here here in lies the problem here in lies the problem I mean I again I, I didn't when I first came out it was about Eric Coomer right it was about what he said not not about what Dominion did now what now, the further I got into it, when you get death threats, and I, and I talked about this this morning, when you are living on that edge where literally you have your head on a swivel everywhere you go, you, you're having to do everything to lock down your family, um, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. You, you're, what, what do they call it? Your um, adrenaline. sense of security. Yeah, all, all the time. You get pissed off, Ivan. You've given up all adrenal this. Adrenal like exhaustion. Adrenal exhaustion, right? And... Uh, so you get pissed off, like you're just like this all the time, all the time, ready for a fight, ready for a fight. Everyone you meet and see, you just you're ready for a fight. I mean, you're looking around like, all right, what's next? What's next? You're you're like that all day long, and then you finally get to that place where you take a deep breath and you're like, wow, man, I've just spent the last seventeen months literally with every muscle in my body just contracted, and yet, and the reason why I say that is because. There's so many, there's so much evidence and so much stuff out there about Dominion. There's so much stuff out there. And every state that's been touched, Wisconsin, uh, Texas, oh, excuse me, not Texas, because Texas is ES&S. Um, we haven't even uh, talked about Mesa, Colorado yet. No, no. And, and the reports that came out of oh, Mesa? Yeah, so, well, that's, that's state number and they, 10. And they, char- they charged her. They charged her for, for looking into the machines and uncovered all the fraud inside the machines actually uncovered a separate database, a separate database through the adjudic- that was sliding in votes. It's unbelievable. And instead, the Democrats went and said, okay, we're going to pass this law and we're going to make it impossible for anyone to get in the machines. This right here is the coup of the American people. It's, and by the way, most of the people that are in this whole deal, they only care about power. They only care about money. They don't, we're an inconvenience to them. And, and that's why it's so maddening when I talk about the Republicans, because they actually can do something about this. They can do something about it, but they don't. And in those states where it could have been, it, we could have changed everything, they, they did nothing. And Pence did nothing. And then people that sat on the sidelines did nothing. And then they said, there's nothing to see here. They literally told the American people there's nothing uh, to see I, here. I, I love Steve Bannon's quote about Michael R. Pence, stone cold coward. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but now you have the 2000 mules. I want to come back to this again. You have 2000 mules, which is the bookend. We know what happened in the machines. We look at Seth Keschel's reports. We look at Kenakoa's reports. We look at Marco Polo's reports, which by the way, that organization is just amazing with, with Garrett. And by the way, when's he coming out with the report? As soon as I get off this podcast, I'm going to call him and say, listen, we're, we're going live. Let's go. Come on, let's go. We're going to get this done. Right. (laughs) He needs to do a road show. And every single crime that was identified that is still within the statute of limitations, he needs to do a roadshow with the AGs, kind of like what Mike Lindell did with his trying to get AGs uh, on, on board with the, the lawsuits. He needs to present it to the attorneys general of the different states where the crimes were committed and with the sheriffs of each of these counties or even police departments and then just do a roadshow. We need to basically fund him for that and then he just lays out the case. And then anybody that wants to go ahead and prosecute the Hunter Biden, his siblings, his uncle, and his father, they'll have all the evidence that they need to do so. Yeah. So, so w- w- 
okay, so so we let, let's let's hypothetically say, I mean, whew, let's hypothetically say we were able to put all this together because what I'm doing <laughs> is just taking the information from different people and putting it Stay in there. Stay positive. We're gonna win then, this. It's yeah. taking longer than I thought. <laughs> yeah, but but it is it is the the public pressure is the next thing. The public pressure is the next be, thing we have to be have to do. The only way that we fix this, I mean, look at what they did as a result of. Uh, Remember last summer, they they used as an opportunity a police officer doing something stupid and then going after it because he was afraid because of all the, the rap sheet of the individual that ended up dying at the hands of that police officer. They created, they didn't do First Amendment activity. They did absolute lawless activity over the summer of 2020. And then it kept escalating and escalating. Well, guess what? I think we can be as effective without the violence. Yeah. I always say this. Look at what Martin Luther King Jr. did in the 60s. What he did has legacy, generational legacy impact. I see this as an opportunity that when the American people wakes up, it is now starting to get warm throughout the entire country. Everybody has now gotten past the, uh, the COVID psychosis. You know, Putin in one fell swoop did this. And I solved COVID. All right. Now that the information psychosis is over, we can now use pub the public square and the warm weather to our advantage to start. And I, this is what I say. Every single Saturday until we reach the ultimate goal of decertifying, reclaiming, whatever you want to say. I say that every single Saturday from here on out in each of these state capitals there needs to be a rally calling for the decertification of those electors from those states at a minimum. Meaning, if it's a sat if it's this Saturday, then on that following Monday there needs to be a joint uh, a call for a special legislative session. The following Saturday, and it needs to be escalatory in fashion. Meaning, more and more people need to show up because guess what? We're in we're now in May. We got June. We got July, we got August, we have September. We have a lot of months of good weather. We need to use that to our advantage to get our exercise our First Amendment to penetrate through all of this bogus censorship. And now that we have Telegram, Gab, uh, Truth, Rumble, Locals, all of these different platforms, this your podcast, all these other pl platforms, there are more and more people watching your show than CNN+. Plus. By like yeah. an order of magnitude of I don't know a hundred. We got we got a lot we got a lot of we got a lot of people that are watching us. But <laughs> but I but I but I want to tell you that um, when. But we got to go in person and document that that this is the groundswell of the demand of the public. And the way we do that is we just keep showing the evidence. And the easiest evidence to consume, to be honest, so far that we've done. I know you put out a lot of content, Joe. So no offense, but the movie Two Thousand Mules. It, that's it. If you don't have time, everybody watches their little little Netflix. All right, delete Netflix, watch 2,000 Mules, and then get involved. Okay, so let's start with where they can go watch it. You want to tell All us right, where they can so go tomorrow watch tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. 2,000 Mules. I wish I'd get you know, an affiliate network for this, but he doesn't. I, I, he deserves everyone watching this thing. 2,000 Mules, 2,000mules.com. Go there. If it's not sold out, go ahead and purchase a ticket uh, in the state and city that's closest to you. I don't care if it's two, three, four hours away. That's how it's worth it. 
Next, reminder, if you want me to purchase your ticket and you're a state legislator, uh, DM me on Telegram. Put uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a post on Telegram after this and say, if you're a state rep, send me your email and I'll go ahead and send you a, a ticket. Okay? Okay. Next, virtually, May 7th, it's coming out. Yeah, so let's, let's go through this. Find a theater. Click on it on the top yep. right. Yep. And then it goes, goes by state. Let's see. Some of these play Auburn's still available. Let's go to Colorado. Let's get you a ticket. No, it's already sold out. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to call Dinesh and, and tell him to get me in. Here's what I recommend: if it's sold out, just show up. Just show up. Show up and show your support. There you go. May fourth. Boom. Make sure you uh, type in your credit card so I can capture it while you're doing this. <laughs> I will definitely. I'll do that, Ivan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm, I might just fly to a different so state then, or drive to a different state. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, it's in, and here's the one thing I want to say, that they bought out, they bought out movie theaters. So here, yeah, here, this was bold, and I was surprised that they're not being censored for that, and here's what happened. You are not, no one that enters the theater will even know that 2,000 Mules is, is running in that theater, because the theater is afraid of, right, the radical left, communist, fascist, lawless, whatever, domestic terrorists, I call them. Right. So you have to go to the website to know where you're going to go, and then it won't even be listed in the theater. That's how they were able to do it, to mitigate risk to the, I think AMC is the one uh, that's essentially allowing okay. so, uh, so the purchase of the theater. So let's talk about this. I mean, let's talk about this specific, specifically. There's a group of people in this country who are acting as Nazis. Is that, isn't that what the Nazis did? Didn't they suppress? suppress they're just speech? anarchists. I mean, they're just anarchists. No, no, no. But they're the anti-fascists. Anti, they're the anti-fights. They're, 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 this is what they're supposed to be fighting for, right? I don't use that. I don't like using that term because it's not. It's an. It's not an accurate term. No. For who who they are and what they represent. Right. They are so, absolute lawless domestic terrorist anarchists. Yeah. Okay. So, so we'll call them anarchists. But by the way, they have control of, of, of different parts of media, and they bully themselves into positions where they they. And force some of them are, in are are currently elect elected. Some officials. people consider them elected officials. Right. So, so my my point is is that <laughs> they're afraid of people coming in to stop people from listening to truth. Now, Dinesh D'Souza, same thing. We have all the evidence that happened in Mesa, Mesa County, Colorado. All of it. Channel 9 puts up all the county clerks and recorders on a stage in front of the Capitol building and says, put up or shut up. Come to us with the information. So we're like, okay, we'll be there on, we'll, we'll be there on Monday. How, we'll how's be that? there in that, an hour. Yeah, we're, we're coming right now. You got the head of the county clerks and association. Now, they did this on a Friday. We had, a, we had a thing on a Tuesday, the Mike Lindell rally on a Tuesday, and on Monday called up Matt Crane and said, all right, let's go. Let's, let's show you the evidence. And he said, the time for talk is over. Okay. All right, go back, go back to the site, 2,000 right. Mules, so we can close that up. So, so I'm going to – Well, you can go in person. So, so there, listen, there are only I, two shows in person, and then you can go virtually. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hold you over 
Okay, I'm going to hold you over, but we have to wrap up with Frank's speech in five minutes. So I'm going to give you, we're going to then hold you over, and then we're going to go full live still on a rumble to continue this, but we only have the four to five on um, Frank's speech too. Yeah, yeah. so let, well, let's wrap that up. Then. Let's just say, uh, for those that want to watch, that can't watch it in person, just pull up the website real quick. We'll do it in 30 seconds. Show them that on May 7th, it's going to be on, I believe, Locals. I'm not sure how that's going to, there, click on Virtual Premiere top right just to the left to find a theater uh, i'm actually curious on how that's going to work so you can create oh vip in person vegas uh virtual admission i'm not sure how that's going to work i'll probably purchase another ticket because i mean it, it's that good and I, it's just a, a way that i can support uh this effort uh for what they did i mean Catherine engelbrecht it, it's amazing how much election intelligence they were able to gather uh and then uh, i think it's rumble slash locals whatever However, that's going to play out. But on May 7th, that's going to be available. May 7th. What is that? Thursday. Saturday, uh, I believe. Saturday. So this Saturday. So yeah, this Saturday, go ahead and watch it. And then I say every Saturday, we need to show up in Madison, in Harrisburg, in uh, Atlanta, in Phoenix. Where else? In Lansing. Well, the first thing you need to do is go to 2000mules.com. And if you, if you don't do anything, invite all your friends over, go in and buy a bunch of tickets, get a virtual showing, and, and, watch, the, and watch it virtually. I think that's on May 7th. Is mm -hmm. that on May 7th? Yep. Yep. May this 7th, Saturday. Right. May 7th. And we should probably have a showing here in Colorado. Yeah, we should. FEC. Matter of fact, we'll have, a, we'll have a bunch of them. We'll do it in a bunch of different places. So I'll get a hold of Dinesh and, and uh, do that as well. I, I just want to, you know, as we wrap up the, the uh, hour that we have on Frank's speech, too, we have three minutes. As we wrap that up, I want to say a couple things, one of which is if you, if you like what you're seeing here at 4 o'clock, we actually go live at 10 a.m. Um, Mountain Standard Time, noon Eastern Standard Time, five days a week, Monday through Friday. You can uh, listen to us uh, during that time on Rumble, uh, uh, Frank Speech. We do have a link for Frank Speech as well. D Live, Cloud Hub, and Conservative-Daily.com. If you want to hear us on the audio version, you can go to uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. Uh, please go over there, give us a five-star review. Um, if you like what you hear, please share it. Share it with other people that need to hear it. We're going to continue to go over with Ivan, but we're going to close out what we're doing with um, on uh, Frank Speech TV two. Uh, we get that we get the four to five slot uh, Mountain Standard Mountain Standard Time. 6 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, also, um, if you want to follow us, you can go to t.me slash conservative daily or t.me uh, Joe Oltman. That's on Telegram, or you can follow us on True Social at Joe Oltman or at conservative daily as well. Ivan, where can they find you? On Telegram at? Yeah, so mine is just my name. It's uh, t.me slash Ivan Raikland. That's right there underneath my chin. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention is I got to do the disclaimer. Everything I've said so far on this show is in my personal capacity. In no way does it represent any other affiliation that I may or may not have. All right. Hey, stay on with us. Uh, God bless you all that are watching us on Frank Speech 2. We'll be over on Rumble if you want to come join us there as well. God bless you. That's it for part one with Ivan Raikland back on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's always a whirlwind of information when we have Ivan on. Part two is just as good, so make sure you tune in for that. God bless you all, and God bless America.